Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first pro box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome to a brand new Ike Live show. I am Mike Iconelli, sitting to my right, the co-host of the show. So glad to have him back. <laughs> Pete Glusick. How you doing tonight, Pete? <laughs> it's good. It's good to be back. I've been in this seat uh, with you for a couple weeks. I know. A couple it's, shows. I know. It's it's it, We've missed each other the last mm-hmm. few. You've done some BUs without me. I've yep. done a Ike Live without you. So we've, yep. we've kind of been missing each other. Fishing tournaments in between. Fishing some tournaments. Schedule's hard to get together. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad we found this one. You know, and yes. Tom, it's good to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you back. And the last guy that sat in your chair had a giant humongous head. <laughs> and your head is of much normal size compared to that guy. Uh, it's going to be a great show for you tonight. Listen to me. Hang in there with us. After we go through our sponsor list real quick, we've got a great show in store for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the state of the sport. You know, a lot of rumors flying around the rumor mill right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to be tiptoeing around that stuff, talking to Ken Duke, the number one authoritarian. Authoritarian. And statistician. <laughs> and statistician on the sport of bass fishing. Also join us, Justin Atkins, uh, FLW uh, champion, uh, champion from last year, FLW Cup. Right. Winner from last year and recent BASS Open champion is going to join us to talk about his win and spot it bass. And also Brian DeCarpenter are giving yep. away some great stuff tonight. That's right. Great prizes. That's right. Uh, this show is brought to you by a lot of really amazing companies that support us. Got to go down this list real quick. Mystery Tackle Box, that little black box we open it up every week. Uh, man, if you want Christmas to your door, and I'm talking about amazing lures you'd probably never buy on your own. Check them out. Um, we've got a really great promo code right now for an Elite Box. If you use the promo code IKELIVE, <laughs> you get... <laughs> just, just you get a discount. You get a discount. <laughs> what the hell? It doesn't uh, say anything on here about what you get. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. All right. You get that box. You get, you get this box. Yeah. All kinds of boxes. Okay. We're also brought to you by Flambo. You see this beautiful Flambo backpack. This is the Ike Flambo backpack. Over here, you're going to be seeing this in a lot of the new shows coming out. Um, uh, Flambeau makes some great stuff. The Z-Rust products in all of it. Uh, use the promo code IKELIVE. You get 20% off. i got to add to that. Yes. Flambeau has a tremendous line of hunting products. They do. Right? And uh, for all you guys that are getting ready to get in your tree stand, take advantage of this. Yeah, if you hunt, go to the Flambeau website. Anything on there, Pete. Mm-hmm. Deer decoys. Decoys of Bob Soley. Anything you want. <laughs> On there, twenty percent off. Use promo code Ike Live. Also brought to you by Liquid Mayhem. I got a I, I, just a quick little story. I'm not even going to read this. Um, had a really really good tournament a few weeks ago, um, and uh, I had a really good tournament a few weeks ago. And Liquid Mayhem, I'm telling you, was so key to catching the fish that I caught. Um, holding on to the bait so long. Actually, I stopped using it for a little bit. I went brain dead, and I started stopped getting bites, and I started putting it on the the missile mini flip jig skirt again, and I started getting bites. It's a great story. Seriously, this stuff works. Check them out. Go to lookupmayhem.com. Use the promo code IKELIVE25. You get 25% off any of the stuff on there, including all the flavors, shad, garlic, minnow, crawl, garlic crawl, a la leech, all of it, night crawler, knees crawl, everything. Um, 
brought to you by Hobie Kayaks. Hobie Kayaks are the maker of the Cadillacs of kayaks. Uh, they've got a brand new, improved, redesigned Hobie Outback. I had a pleasure of testing that out about a month or so ago. I got to tell you, man, listen, that Outback is amazing. Um, it's stable. It's quick. It's light. No hull slap on this thing. Um, got to check it out. And at a great price point. Uh, go to Hobie.com. Check out the Hobie Outback kayak, brand new. Pete, who else we who else supporting the show? Well, TH Marine. You know, we're giving away a uh, a, a trolling motor jacket. What do they call yep. it? Troll jacket. Troll jacket. Uh, I saw that on Johnny Cruz's boat yep. when we were filming. Cox uh, just just recently cleans everything up, keeps it tight, protects that. TH Marine makes the best stuff in the world for your bass boat. Um, the best products. If you own a boat. Guaranteed, you have TH Marine products on your boat, or you need to get some. But we love TH Marine, and they are. Uh, what do we got going on with TH Marine? Other than we're giving away a troll jacket, we're giving away a troll jacket tonight. Okay, That's it. and is we got the bass unit for you, Pete. What's that? <laughs> is that not enough for you? <laughs> it is enough for me. Okay. It's plenty. But we are uh, Bass University is giving away uh, its Lucky Hat Week. We're still uh, coming off. We're right at the end of our Labor Day celebration. Uh, all, all new subscribers come over and check out Bass University. Uh, we've got our Hunter uh, Blaze Orange Bass University hat, which is our most popular hat. And uh, for all new subscribers, um, you get that hat. So it's a $20 hat. It's $15 a month to try it. So come on over to BassU.TV and subscribe. Um, real snot. I was just uh, Jeff, um, our, our producer for Bass University TV, uh, is just learning how to bass fish. Uh, using one of the Bass University um, basics to learn how to spools line, one that Mike did. Yeah, um, it was an awesome call that he got, I got from him. Now I, rec- nice. I, I recommended that he get yeah. real snot when he's dealing with fluorocarbon lines. You know, it's it yeah. real snot's the best. Uh, it, it's going to give you less wind knots, less tangles, easy management, longer casting distance. Go check out real snot. Yeah. Uh, also, brought- oh, Ike Live 25, 25% off. Uh, all real snot products. That's an amazing discount right there. Take advantage of that for longer, smoother casts. Uh, also brought to you by Tackle Warehouse. Everyone I know uses Tackle Warehouse. Seriously, everyone I know uses Tackle Warehouse. Um, get, give them a look if you're looking for something. It's it's on their website. I promise you. Also, right now, Tackle Warehouse. If you order any of the brand new Ike reels or rods, no reels. If you order any of the brand new Revo Ikes. <laughs> You get a free limited edition Ike tournament jersey. So go there right now, tacklewarehouse.com. Uh, look for that free jersey if you buy real. Also brought to you by Line Cutters. Line Cutters cuts line like butter. Um, Brian DeCarpenter, we got a really cool new product. Yeah. Line Cutters is launching the zipper pull. Uh, I was lucky. I, I had it, Pete, on my – this is my backpack that I used backpack. filming all year, uh, filming the new Fish My City shows. And I had this zipper pull the whole year on this backpack. A great little place you could put it on your your jacket, your backpack, your shirt, uh, your kill switch, anything you want. Um, and right now you can go to the website and pre-order it. Okay, so check this out. Uh, go to linecutters.com. You could pre-order that zipper pull. And also, if you use the promo code IkeLiveRules20, you'll get 20% off. Any product on line cutters. Pretty amazing product, Pete. Love that thing. It is. Also Handy. brought to you by Traeger Grills. If you're sick and tired of your grilled meat tasting like gas and propane, 
check out Traeger. Man, it, the thing cooks great meat, doesn't it? We've been we've been eating here a lot the last 10, 15 shows, and it's great great meat. Brian, great did, food. You, did you eat all those ribs, or can we heat them up after the show? <laughs> they gone, yo. Oh, come on. We saved the they bones. Gone. I didn't get any either, Pete. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and last but not least, uh, brought to you by Release Roller, a brand new sponsor on board with Ike Live. Happy to have those guys on. And our very own Eric, the intern, is going to be talking a little bit later in the show about Release Roller. It's great, man. It's a great product. If you've got a kayak, small boat, big boat, doesn't matter. It's a great product. We're going to be talking a little bit about that. Hang in there with us when we come back. A great show. Ken Duke, Justin Atkins, and more on a brand new Ike Live show. Come on, let's go. Warning. The following live webcast might contain content that some people find crude, vulgar, or objectionable. When watching this program, please make sure the room is well lit and do not sit too close to the screen. If you're uptight, easily offended, or lacking a sense of humor, please stop watching right now and leave the Internet. Now it's time for Bike Live. What is this foolishness? How many dreams can you shape in a minute, an hour? The kind of clean you like best. Lost three of my teeth, too. All right, so you lost. Next time you win. Steamy, hot, hearty, delicious, invigorating. Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing tonight? Welcome to a brand new Ike Live show. I'm Mike Iaconelli, sitting in my right, co-host, the crux of the show, the one and only, the handsome as hell, <laughs> Pete Glusick. Pete, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Doing great. Great to be back in the seat. Yes. Uh, fall is outside. I love fall. Yes. Fall fishing is is days away it's happening right now yeah already and uh, i just i just love the fall yeah tell me about uh haven't talked in a while how's fishing been have have you been guiding have you been tournament fishing what's what's going on well with fishing? well i fished the lake champlain tournament yeah and um you know i i had one really really good day on lake champlain yeah. and, and uh, kind of a substandard day on day two but it was awesome being on lake champlain special lake i mean it it was you found so many fish at practice yeah that I didn't know where to go. Right. You know, you just... You, you, you're confused. You're confused. You're like, you, it's like, you think you're making the right call, but maybe you didn't. And it's just, the, and the lake fish so good. And here's a, here's the coolest thing about the lake up there, um, this recent tournament we fished. You just didn't see much fishing pressure. Wow. Because the, the lake was fishing well from top to bottom so it spread the guys out spread the whole field out right you go into a bay and you're like oh it's it's there's going to be a mob scene on this edge or 
And there's nobody there. Yeah. You know, there's nobody on the docks. There's nobody over the, you know. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Now, I, I got to tell you, I know a lot of people listening and watching right now, and I know Brian DeCarpenter has a love for Champlain. Eric, the intern, has a love for Lake Absolutely. Champlain. It's a special lake. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, after fishing the Thousand <laughs> Islands a few weeks ago, yeah, and after what I just saw the, the Strand Series do this, last week, Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm I am dead serious, and and I I said it on stage when I was at the tournament. And I'm dead serious about it. I'm very very seriously interested in buying some property up there, Brian DeCarpenter. Well, mm-hmm. Bass is going there for the next three years, so that place is toast. That place is probably toast. Yeah, yeah but I'm if you but but bringing their torches and pitchforks. I know, but here but here's something interesting. <laughs> here's something interesting. Um, when that tournament was over, seriously, me and Becky kind of like we were still in the camper we at the campground. We were started looking at property. You can get like an acre to an acre and a half riverfront for about twenty grand, dude. What? Yes. Wow. Come on, man. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. Let's split this shit. Yeah. Well, that should be five grand. That that should be the Bass University hub. Think about that. <laughs> we'll get a little little bit what Bud's got going on up on Thousand Islands. Yeah, that'd be something. It'd be dope. We, maybe we could buy one of them castles. The, the bolt? Ca- the, no, what is it? Bolt, not bolt. The uh, I don't know. There's there's lots of them up there. What the hell's? The they name? all look like castles. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I, the, the history. To me, the, the Thousand Islands is it's it's just such a unique place, and it's so big. It's like there's infinite bays and rivers, and then you got the massive Lake Erie. Yeah. It it, it just seems like you could literally spend a lifetime up and there. And never fish at all. And and never get to it all and just have fun the whole time catching giants. I you believe know? you're right. It's that's, a major league fishery for sure. That's right. Mm. That's, why, <laughs> that's why I want to buy property there. Mm. Uh, let me finish introing the room back in the booth tonight making this show, this short notice show, very possible, our very own producer – Brian Carpenter, how you doing tonight, Brian? Oh, Good to see you. DTC. Thank you. Thank you. And, hold on, and sitting next to Brian the Carpenter, Eric the Intern, a.k.a. E. How you doing tonight, E? Doing great. Happy to be here. Good to always. see you guys. Now, I'm going yeah. to put you on the spot real quick. Just give me a little, I want to hear a little update. Yep. You guys went on a little trip last we few did. days. Uh, you went up to see Bud, our, our good friend Bud, and, and the Featherwick Camp. Yeah. Talk, talk to me a little bit about HQ. Featherwick yeah. Headquarters. Woodstock Country. Yeah, tell me a little bit. Sound like, I, I saw a picture. sound like an amazing trip. Dude, that place is unreal, man. Yeah. You know you know New York, man. It's yeah, just, upstate New York. lakes everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Right, wow. I mean, it was September, so the fishing wasn't, like, lights out. Yeah. But still. Right. It was still yeah, awesome. No, still caught the four fish, or five pounds. Yeah, the yeah. fish were a bonus, 100%. Right. It wasn't about the fish. It was about being up there and experiencing that deal. And, you know, we ate great food. Yeah. Caught fish. Had a lot of laughs. Yeah. And laughs. you ate all that food up there, and you did not save any for us when we got Bro, back. Bro, you got to get here before nine minutes of. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. brought a rack of ribs. Yeah. I didn't no, get no, any We either. will do a it little shout done. out here. This is unsolicited. <laughs> this isn't a paid plug. Um, Brian, you did big, bring ribs. Big Kevs, baby. Big Kevs. Big mm. Kevs. If you're barbecue. Up there in Bethel, New York, yeah. in that area, make sure you get by. They were big good. Kevs. Dude, they we had, had brisket, egg, yeah, and cheese, no. breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. Their br- brisket was unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, now I do have to ask you something. So this has been asked before, and I need to ask it again. What does Featherwick mean? <laughs> oh, boy. Now, are you, are you any closer to having the answer? To Absolutely. What, okay. My soul knows what it means. Your soul does? Ooh. Yes. Okay. Eric, can you give us any more definitive answer than that? No, it's it's not necessarily something you could put into words, but right. when, once you know, 
you know. Okay. And then two other two other <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That makes sense, Pete. Gosh, I gotta I gotta get up I feel, there, Pete. I, I feel like we're like remember when Prince turned his name into a symbol? That's, yeah. I think that's what we're I think I that's think what I so. feel like this is like yep. <laughs> <Ow>! <laughs> Yeah. Get the it's, little curly cue. It's more of a feeling. It is a feeling. All right, two other rumors real <laughs> quick on the Featherwick. I have notes about this. One is, true or false, did you visit the old location of Woodstock, and did you or did you not see naked chicks? No to both. Yeah, unfortunately, no both. that was yeah. not one of the lakes we went to, yeah. but it is a cool deal. Um, Bud's got access to this lake that... In the famous Woodstock documentary, yeah. there's there's chicks skinny dipping in this lake, and right. he goes there and jacks five pounders. It's wow! Amazing. I, I saw Way a man who was ninety percent naked. Wow! <laughs> shout out to Craig. Oh, shout oh. out Craig! Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know he's, if I would see that. That doesn't sound fun. And good. then finally, the last question I have for you, and we'll get on with the show. Is it true that you met two celebrities while you're up there? Is it true that you and 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 Eric ran into Cheech and Chong? Up there, and you guys got along. <laughs> not, really true. Well. Not, not true. true. No, not true. No, no I thought there was a photo them, of you guys. I appreciate your work. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your meme work the other day. Lovely. No, you know what's funny? I we have a, a, a girl that works in the office with us, Jocelyn. Shout yeah. out to Jocelyn. I know she's not watching, but uh, huh. I, when that we posted that photo, I showed her, and and you know everybody in the office was kind of laughing, and she she didn't laugh, and I was like. Jocelyn, do you know who Cheech and Chong is? <laughs> she had no idea wow. who Cheech and Chong was. That's a shame. Pete, she had no <laughs> idea good, who Cheech and Chong good, was. Good for Jocelyn's answer. Come on, I, man. Uh, Dude, you see all the gray in my beard, man. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. Time is passing. I mean, they're so classical. We're getting up there, man. We are getting up there. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Uh, we, we told her. So she be taught in school. She should be. <laughs> uh, man, l- listen to me. If you're watching tonight, hanging there with us, we got a great show. Let me remind you. We're going to be talking to the one and only, probably the, the, the biggest expert on the sport that I know, on the sport of bass fishing. Ken Duke will be joining us in, a, in probably 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, it's going to be great to get insight from Ken on the state of the sport. We've also got Justin Atkins, FLW champion from uh, last year and recent winner of the Bass Open um, down on uh, uh, Logan Martin. Logan Martin going to be talking to us about his win, talking to us about spot at pass. I need to hear about that. Uh, it's going to be great to hear from Justin. And finally, Brian DeCarpenter, we're going to be doing an unboxing. We'll be talking a little TH product, and we're going to give some stuff away, right, to questions and comments. Uh, if you're and watching concerns. or... Yes. If you're watching or listening, please, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on the IM. Eric, the intern, in between looking at his phone, will be occasionally <laughs> monitoring some of the IMs. You can also hit us up on our social feeds, at Ike Live Show. We got some major league question uh, comments already on the instant message board. Do we? Yeah. All right. Do you want it, Eric? Do you want it? But before we do that, I'm 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 surprised that the questions have infiltrated into. Like I know the rumors are going crazy amongst the the competitors. Yeah. The anglers. What are you talking about? Yeah. And um, um, you know the MLF question, rumors and new new tournament trail. Yeah. For those of you that you might not have any idea what we're talking about. Yeah. A lot of people probably don't. But there's you know. A rumor that the MLF organization, which everybody loves to watch the MLF fishing, is starting a new tournament trail. That's, that's insane. That's the rumor. Um, we don't know much. I, we're going to learn more details about it hopefully tonight. But uh, I just I'm surprised. Really good, I it's just think really good questions. I don't know where you're going with this, Pete. <laughs> oh. Well, wow. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're a little of both. I don't know. I like it. Uh, we got a great show. Listen, before we get started, um, as we always do, we want to thank all of our military active and veteran, uh, men and women, 
Thank you guys for what you do. It's it's crazy. I'm telling you, it's a crazy world. Also, a thank you to our policemen, our firemen, or EMT. Thank you guys. We really, really appreciate your service. Uh, where, where do you want to start, Brian? Uh, you want to you want to get right into it? Pete, Pete's kind of kind of talked a little bit about it. You want to jump right into that? Well, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk because I can talk. I I would like to talk about ice a little bit, but. Maybe we'll wait till Becky comes back. Okay, talk about yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense. That's, yeah, that makes sense. But let, let's let's get right into it. Do, do we have any questions that coming through that you want to talk about, Eric? No, there's just a lot of buzz. Just a lot, of, a buzz. lot of buzz. Yeah. So Pete, I, there was keep... a question about a uh, comment about Pete's hair. What was it again? Oh, oh, someone said that Pete's hair came from a rare albino sloth. The comment needs to be brought in the show every time. <laughs> rare it, albino sloth. It, it was very challenging to wrestle it away from him. <laughs> Who, the albino they, or the sloth? Yeah, the sloth. They, fortunately, they, they, they're they the only thing that moves slower than me these days. <laughs> uh, Thank uh, you, though. Thanks yeah. for noticing. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of people watching and listening right now, I'm sure, uh, that that you know, know that we're going to be addressing the state of the sport. Uh, and uh, I'm sure we've got a lot of guys from... BASS, ang- mm-hmm. pro anglers from Bass. We've probably got FLW pros watching right now. We probably, I'm pretty sure, I'm going to go out and limb and say we've got uh, upper management from BASS, upper management maybe from MLF. I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of the leagues watching right now to learn about the state of the sport. So Ready I, to I, drop I, that banhammer on you. So I mean, no, I mean, I, 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 like, I like where we're at right now uh, in the state of the sport. And, and I want to tell you what I mean by that. I like right now that there's a lot of new energy and buzz in the sport. Whether whether it's rumor or whether it's true or whether it's false, I like it mm-hmm. because it's getting people talking about the issues of the sport of professional bass fishing. I like that, Pete. Mm-hmm. I think I think if you look at the history of any sport and and Pete, we're we're buffs on this. We, we we've talked about this Shit, for 15, 20 years we've been talking about it. If you look at the history of any sport, um, baseball, football, tennis, golf, any of them, they all went through these growing pains at some point to get to the next level. They have. I swear to you. Look at them. All of them. And those sports are much older than professional bass fishing. Professional bass fishing is essentially... You know, from the early 70s, right? Late 60s, early 70s? That's right. Ken Duke will give us an exact answer. He'll give us a date and a time, probably. <laughs> um, but we're a young sport, right? Mm-hmm. Thir- 30, 40 years old, you know, if that, right? So It's it's a, it's all approaching 50 years Approaching old. 50, okay. We're still very young. Mm-hmm. But I like that, you know, in those sports that something happened. There was a lightning bolt. There was a defining moment. There was a catalyst that drove the sport to the next level. I like I like that that we might be there or that at least we're talking about changes and we're talking about bettering the sport, you know, for the athletes. I like that. I like that. And that it, excites me. It does. I, I think it I think it's good, you know. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, you know, let's talk let's roll out some of the some of the stuff that, you know, I guess we don't talk that much about because uh, Fathead never lets us talk about it. I know, but, but the uh, but the the plight of the angler is somewhat challenging for those trying to live their dream. Yes, uh, cashing it all in, um, you know, running the country, trying to 
trying to do this sport, a lot of them go belly up. A lot of them. A lot of them go belly up. A lot of them. You know, there's a kind of a, a little bit of an ugly side to the sport where, yeah. um, you know, a, a strong percentage of the field barely breaks even. Yeah. Out there, you know, chasing this thing. So, you know, there's, you know, to make the sport better for for the anglers, because we're because I'm an angler, was an angler. Um, you know, we we always kind of have that, you know, in the, I always do in the back of my mind, in my heart. You know, I want. I've been through it. I yeah. walked through the trenches, and Absolutely. I've I've been beat up, um, you know, w- with some of the things that have happened. And I, w- I I'd love to see it better for those guys, right? Um, you know that they, you know, when they make this commitment, make those big sacrifices, that you know they're there's some hope for yeah. them, you know, that they're going to be able to yeah. do well in this sport. So, like you, I agree. You know, we've got some, you know, major players in the sport that are, you know, talk. You know, I don't know battling, but you know, trying to create a um, a better opportunity there. Yeah. Trying to bring more people into the sport, um, making them better for the anglers, which I love to hear. Love that. I love to love hear it. that kind I of talk. It. I love it. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great for the sport. We've seen it. Like I said, we've seen it in all of them. You know, the the owners versus the athletes. Um, different. You know, whether it's basketball, the merging of two. You know, two major um, organizations yeah. to create a singular, you know, organization that really makes it easier to promote the sport. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think it like you, I think it's a great thing. Yeah. And I honestly, here, here's my deal. I think from an angler's perspective. Yeah. What a, what a great, what a great time. And right. You know, you're here at a moment where you've got three major tournament organizations. Yeah. Vying for the best pros in the business, the the pros in in my mind, looking at this from the outside, it looks to me like the pros have never been in a better position to be able to make things better. Yes, for the pros. Brian DeCarpenter, chime in on this one. Would you agree with that? That what Pete just said, I want I want to get your opinion on. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Has there ever been a better time than what's going to happen in the next couple of years in professional bass fishing to make it in the sport? With three organizations right now, is there has there ever been a better time? I think no. I think I think opportunity. I mean, before the economic crash, that you know there was a lot of there was a lot of money in the industry was flush, and then and then things got tight. Yeah. I think, like you said, things are about to open up. Yeah. I think opportunities are about to happen for a lot of people. It's good. And um, it's good. Know, who it knows needs, how long three three tours last? If, yeah. If it if it can sustain or or what's going to happen? But, right. I think there's a ton of opportunity. Yeah, I know competition is good. You know, I, yeah. I remember remember the days when uh, FLW and, and BASS were kind of battling. Remember those days? Yeah. Yep. And it was so good because they would keep trying to outdo each other. You know, and it drove Payout, payouts it drove up. those payouts up. Yeah. And FLW was million dollar purses if you're mm-hmm. a Ranger owner. Oh yeah. And the classic was half a million dollars, and that and they kept doing that. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like around 2006, seven, yeah. 2008. It just flatlined and started going back the other way, you know. Entry, uh, it pay, entries went up, payouts went down, uh, and it got tough. I'm gonna throw a little fact out here, and I want to see if Eric knew this. And this is gonna shock a lot of people. I don't think I've ever publicly My said this. My money's on no. And I'm gonna say it. <laughs> so is mine. For the first time on Ike Live, and I, and I'm gonna give you an average, okay? There, there's clearly probably more than this fishing professionally that, that they think they are. 
Um, but if there's a hundred guys that are true full-term professionals right now in the sport, if there are a hundred guys fishing full-time, here's my ratio I'm going to give you. You ready for this? Yep. There are 20 of those hundred that are making a pretty good living. There are another 20 of that hundred that are doing okay. And then the other 60 guys that are full-time touring pros are either breaking even or losing money each year. Is that is that not fucking sad? Think about that. You're one of the, the top 100 pros in the world fishing the best tours on the planet, and and you you come in 65th place and you lose money at the end of the year. Is that right, dude? It's not happening in any I, other professional sport. Well, you well, know, maybe like in, ping in, pong or, individual or, or sport, bowling. I, I heard that about golf. In the past, I heard that there was like only a few of the top Dude, golfers. No, that, doing that is not true. If you look at the guy that comes in 200th place at a golf tournament, he's walking away with a lot more money than than we make in the entire year. Well, we've always had that kind of joke, like, "Congratulations, E, you've qualified for the for the elites or the FLW tour, and your prize is a seventy-five thousand dollar bill." It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's your that's your prize for making it, and it's uh. You know, I boy, I'd like to, I'd like to get that fixed. I, I when I we was have to get when, that when, when I was competing out there, I always wanted the tournament organizations to look at the last place finisher and the angler of the year race. You know, if that last, we want to take care of that guy. Yeah, I felt like if we, if we as a group can take care of that guy, so that you know where he can provide for his family or, or not go broke or belly up. Yeah, then you know, then we've done something. Yeah. You know, for the anglers as a whole. Yeah. Um. But our, it seems like our, you know, the tournament organizations and and even most of the anglers honestly feel they they prioritize the pay the the winnings at the top. Yeah. The top two or three, the top ten. Yeah. And 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 that's great. We love yeah. to see those big purses. But uh, you know, when you get to that end of that year, that guy that that's fish that's finishing down though, I'd love to see him being taken care of. Yeah, Eric, what do you got? You yeah, got I got an interesting question from Craig on the IM board. And Craig? I want, to, I want to get, yeah, shout out to Craig. Craig. On that. Craig. I want to get your take on it. I would love to hear your thoughts on the new generation who is growing up on their phones and social media. Do you think the pro circuit is keeping up with the need to provide instant gratification for this new millennial generation? Yeah, Craig, great, great question. I got two answers to that, Pete, and I'll let you have at it. Brian DeCarpenter, We're back me up on Craig this. A prize, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Craig, you just want a prize that. That is actually a really good question. He's gonna get the mystery tackle box we open later tonight. Craig, you got yourself MTB. Um, I'm, I, I got two points on that. The one is, um, things are changing, right? Uh, the access is changing. Um, and I think that, and I know we, we tend to diss a lot of uh, the YouTubers on this show a lot. And that's okay. Ah, we can make fun of anybody we want. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't give them that but, satisfaction. But, this but I think there are <laughs> I, I think there are a some. lot of positive things about social media and YouTube and, and those YouTube guys that are keeping kids fishing that might not normally want to fish. I, I do really like that. I said that before. You know, There's definitely, to me, a lot of new blood coming in because they saw something on social media or they saw one of those YouTubers and they, they said, man, I want to try that. So it's different than the way that we, we, we got hooked because of our families or in Fisherman yep. or Babe or Bill or Al or, you know. So that's changing, but it's the same thing, right? They're influencing people to want to do it, influencing mm-hmm. kids to want to do it. So I like that. 
And then the second part that I wanted to address, Craig, is that, you know, I think the sport is keeping up with the changing times. And I'll give you two examples. I think the live coverage, FLW, BASS, MLF, whoever, all these organizations, the future of those organizations is live coverage. And I think that's that's the way that, that we're changing with the times. And then another great example, and this is a great way to throw it to you, Pete, Bash University, right? Education uh, on on your phone, on your tablet, anywhere you need it, on mm-hmm. the fly, and, and you know we're provide we we figured it out, and we're providing people want information like that. People are right. consuming info, and I think you know Bash University is a great product. You know, well, I mean, it, you know, we work real hard at it. We we use the best anglers in the world, and we, but yeah, we're providing that you know in a streaming format that that caters. To the to the new guys, to the to the people that are just getting exposed in sport, and uh, it's bringing us to a younger younger demographic, and that's great. And I think uh, I think a lot of the pros have stepped up to the plate to answer calls. Some struggle, like you know, social media. I mean, it, it's a it's a challenge for for a lot of the pros, uh, a lot of people that are you know trying trying to get into. Yeah. It. You see, you still see a lot of pros that just really. They're not, they're not using it to the best of their ability, but man, you got a lot that are. You're, you're a great example of that. Um, you do an amazing job, uh, with your social media. Uh, I think you're Lee- a good example of the other end of it, Pete. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I mean? hey, I had my Facebook page when Facebook opened their doors. You probably did. Yep. It but, still that, looks and the I've, same. I've made two posts since then. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, but hat, hats off to, uh, to Scott Martin. Uh, who's probably leading the leading the pace from the social media perspective? Yeah, he's doing a good job. And um, you know, from it, YouTube for sure. Yeah, I, I think the the sport is morphing that way, and, and I think that we're answering the call, we're connecting with the audience. But I have to agree with you, man. That that live is, oh, I I can't stop watching it. Yeah. Bassmaster Live, FLW yeah. Live, watching the guys just battle and compete yeah. out there. It's compelling. It is it is totally compelling. Yeah. Watching them not catch fish, watching them struggle, make yeah. decisions, fail. Watching six pound smallmouth get dropped right uh, at the boat uh, and, uh, and cost you the tournament. Eric I mean, knows all about that. Uh. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> that's that that wasn't available. It's a major that was heartbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't av- <laughs> that was that, that wasn't available. It is now, and uh and and I think. Uh, I think we're moving in that direction. I think we're answering the call. I think I think we really are. But a great question. That was a good question. Eric, got any more questions? Yeah. So going off the live thing, Kyle Hillbrook's up an interesting point. Let me just scroll up. All right, live is great, but what happens when they start charging a watch with either a membership or something like that? Do you guys think it's going to go that way in terms of charging a membership to no. watch live content? Or will I, it I don't. I don't. Th- I think for it's the tournament. I think for the tournament organizations, I don't think they'll ever charge for live. Um, Nobody's going to pay for it. I don't think they're going to charge mm-hmm. for it. They're going to sell ads, and that's yeah. the how they'll make the revenue. I mean, that's that's the balance, right? You, if you're getting no charge, you're getting advertised to, right? That's the balance. Yeah. And you know, so you got constant advertising. Yeah. I tell you, that's yeah. a big criticisms of, of I got for Bassmaster. I love watching live, but when my feed goes south or or whatever, and I got to get back on, I got to I must watch that same commercial twenty times. Uh, through one, just by, you know, what my, my, for? my stream gets, gets stopped and, uh, I don't even, I, I, can't, I can't remember now. It's like just blurred, you know? Yep. 
And uh, you know, so because you learn, to, you learn to get around it. But yeah, huh? but that's what you're going to deal with, right? It's either you if you're if you're getting if you're getting if you're paying a monthly fee, you're not getting advertised to. If you are, if you aren't paying, and you're getting advertised to, and you gotta you gotta spend spend that way. Yeah. So, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure some of them will try. I know MLF has a, a subscription service that you can that yeah. you can get some of the content that's right. there. That's right. Yep. They were good ones, man. They were good ones. Uh, I, getting back to it, Pete. Uh, are we, are we going backwards in this sport right now? Uh, you know, you know. I I can't help but to think what we we're just talking about—that the payouts were better, things were better ten or fifteen years ago than they are now. That doesn't seem right to me. Well, you know, we're t- we're talking from the angler's perspective. I would say, you know. Maybe so. The payouts have gone down. The entry fees have gone up. Right. From the angler's perspective, from the audience's perspective, I think they've got a lot. It's, it's really advanced. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of great new ways to consume the yeah. sport. Yeah. Uh, to see the live. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great new stuff. And you know, something to consider is that our sport, like the rest of the world, got pummeled during the economy crash That's of true. 2008, right? That's true. So everybody took a hit. All the, the tournament organizations, the sponsors, yeah. and we're growing now. Economy is, is good, and, and 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 I think it's evidenced by the fact that we've got now a new player in you know in the tournament scene that is, is really making a play right now, or seems to be making a play. And, who's, and you're talking about, who are you talking about? I'm talking about MLF. MLF, okay, gotcha. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so so I think things are expanding. We're we're at a, we're at a um, a boiling point. I really think it's it's coming to a right. boiling point right now. At least you know the rumors. I can't wait to hear the the facts. But yeah. you know, uh, it seems like our sport's coming to a place where it's gonna it's gonna make a leap. It's gonna move. Something good is gonna happen. Yeah. Out of this. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited, Pete. This is a great segue um, to get this guy on the phone, and and I've I've known Ken for a lot of years. We've said it over and over. Uh, there's probably no one walking the face of the earth alive right now that knows more about the sport of professional bass fishing than Mr. Ken Duke. Uh, he's joining us right now. I'm so happy to have him back on Ike Live. Ken. Hey, thank you for calling Bass Pro Bankruptcy and Divorce Services. Press 1 if your entry fees are due and you have no idea how you're going to pay them. <laughs> Man, you, I'm pressing 1. I'm pressing 1, too. Yeah, we actually How's it going, guys? Good. How you doing? We wouldn't be able to press 1 because Bass Pro Shops has banned us from their phone service a long time ago. Uh-oh. Well, actually, I was referring to Bass Pro in the sense of, you know, you and Peter Bass Pro. Oh, oh okay. I thought you meant Bass Pro Shops. Ken, how you yeah. doing? What, what, what's going on with you? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, managing editor of Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine, enjoying that work very much. Getting ready for the uh, big ASA Sport Fishing Summit coming up here in about a month. Ooh, very nice. Where is that at? Uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Ooh, Charleston. Cool I, I've been. I've been. Be there. We need. I've, we need to talk about why you need to be there sometime. I've been okay. threatening to attend that, uh, Ken. Maybe. Maybe I'll come down and visit you there this year. I think you guys should make it. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, it's really the best networking opportunity in the entire fishing industry. Wow, that's awesome! You need to be there, Pete. Uh, Ken, I want I want to jump right to it. We're we talked a little bit. We kind of briefly talked about it. The state of the sport, um, you know, a lot of uh, rumors right now being circulated. We've got three players right now. We've got FLW. We've got BASS. We've got Major League Fishing. 
They've all got really good products. They've all got great anglers. Um, let, let me just start with the simple question. I, I, I asked Pete, I asked Brian, I asked Eric, I want to ask you. How, what, what's your opinion of the state of the sport? Are we better now than we were 5 or 10 or 15 years ago, or are we, in, or are we worse off right now? Uh, I, I think in a lot of ways we're better off. I think the economy has made us better off, Mike, than we were 5, 10 years ago. Yeah. But let me give you a, a, something that, that I know Pete and I have talked about in the past. I'll give you an example. In 1967, Ray Scott put on his first tournament. You guys were joking about I could tell you the dates and the times. It was June 5th. 1967 on Beaver Lake in Arkansas. <laughs> he, charged guys, he charged guys 100 bucks to enter, and first place was $2,000. That's a 20 to 1 ratio. Well, right now you're fishing, you know, the Elite Series with BASS, and your entry fees are about 5,000 bucks a tournament, and you have a chance to win 100. That's a 20 to 1 ratio. The ratios that you guys pay out for entry fees in 1967, 51 years ago, and the fees paid now are the same. The sport hasn't moved forward even an inch in that way. Wow. And, and if you want to make it even worse, you could say that, you know, 30 years ago, a guy who caught big fish for the tournament would win a boat and a motor and a trailer. Remember that? I do remember that. And today, you know, you guys have to take up a collection at registration to get paid. And we did. And I, I don't know if you knew that, Pete. Kevin Van Dam actually started it. And I think the pot at Thousand Islands ended up being like three grand just by the anglers passing a, 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 a darn hat around. No kidding. There's, there's, no, there's no payoff for, for no. lumber? No. Wow. Well, don't they have the Phoenix Big Bass Award? Uh, I, I think they, For they, the year? Well, for, for I fish the Bass Opens now, they, and they had the Phoenix Big okay. Bass Okay. Award, which was fifteen hundred dollars for the biggest fish of the, right. of the Derby. Right. But I can't. I can't believe you Ken, guys what, are passing ass. What has caused? What has caused this? Why? Why? Why hasn't the? Why hasn't the payout? Why hasn't the anglers' exposure? Why hasn't sponsor relation? Why haven't those things advanced over the years? Why have they stayed stagnant or decreased? I think because the sport hasn't grown. You know, it's really easy to say the sport has grown because you see a few more boats on the water, but that's kind of anecdotal evidence, Mike. That's not; those aren't real numbers. License sales this past year are up for the first time in over 20 years. Wow! And if, if you want to look at the peak of the sport in a lot of ways, financially at least, uh, I would point to the late 80s. Uh, in the late 80s, there were 55, 57,000 bass boats being sold each year. Do you know how many you know, fully rigged bass boats were sold last year? No. Maybe 8,000. And wow. that's way up. That's way up. For the wow. past few years. So the sport's not getting bigger in, in a meaningful sense. Yeah. And, and I would say, uh, and I, this is a, a phrase I use about our sport a lot, and I wish I didn't have to. I call it the big lie. You know, we talk about how many people bass fish, but when you really get right down to it, how many people do you know who bass fish, you know, out of a sixty or seventy-five thousand dollar boat, and they're right. they've got you know thousand dollar rod and reel combos, and they've got twenty thousand dollars worth of electronics on their boat? It's really yeah. a, a relatively small number. Yeah, and that's why we've only got a handful of boats being sold each year. If you talk about the really nicest bass boats, you know, the ones that are fully decked out. Um, the Bass Cats, the Rangers, the Tritons, and so forth, the 20-plus foot boats with the 200-plus horse engines, we're talking about maybe 4,000 of those being sold in a year. 
And if you figure that there are about 200 guys fishing between Major League Fishing, BASS, Elite Series, and, and the FLW Tour, that means, <laughs> that means one in 20 of those boats is basically already in the Elite Series or the, or the, the FLW boats. Tour. Right. Yeah, that's shocking. Thinking about it in yeah. terms of those ratios, the sport's kind of—it's it, not as as healthy or as big as we'd like to think it is. Well, what I mean, we have this great new influx of high school anglers, college anglers, and and the kayak fishing world. Um, or isn't that help? Isn't that the reason why fishing license sales are up, or why we're expanding, or have some role in it? Absolutely, it does, and I think that's been a, a big help and a big boost. You've also got organizations like the American Sport Fishing Association and uh, the Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation that are working really hard to grow the number of anglers we have out there because we as an industry need the influx of that cash and so forth. But if you're talking about the high school and college anglers, I, I don't mean to be crass or mean about it, but they're fishing out of mom and dad's boat. Right. If you're talking about the kayak guys, they're not spending the kind of money that we're looking for in, in terms of big-time bass fishing. Right. You know, they're, they're dropping a few hundred, maybe twelve, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 on a, a, a great kayak, and those things have, have come so far in the last 10 years. But it's still not the kind of financial investment that, uh, that we think of when we think of, well, that a lot of people think of when they think of a bass fisherman. Right. right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump right into... Um I guess one of the reasons, one of the main things we want to talk about the the rumor you know that we're hearing is the MLF um, is starting a new tournament trail. Um, I, you've heard these rumors. You've probably heard more than me. What what do you do? Do you have any? Can you offer some? Uh, give us some input on what what you think is going to happen out there if this new tournament trail uh, actually comes to fruition. Wow, that's, that's a really tough question, Pete. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of rumors. I've heard that, you know, that Major League Fishing is trying to get Johnny Morris involved as an equity partner in that effort. And obviously, if somebody like Johnny Morris, who is so clearly and obviously the most important and influential person in the sport, um, he's the 800-pound gorilla. If, if Johnny Morris signs on with Major League Fishing and he wants, for example, Mike or Kevin Van Dam or any other of the big stars to participate exclusively in Major League Fishing, well, he can flex his muscles and make that happen because he can tell their sponsors that he needs them over on his side uh, or bad things are going to happen with regard to their product placement. Now, what I don't understand and what confuses me about this rumor about Major League Fishing coming in and pulling so many of the top pros away from the Elite Series is how does that help Johnny Morris? Doesn't Johnny Morris benefit more from having a healthy BASS and a healthy FLW and a healthy Major League Fishing so that they're influencing as many people out there as possible and bringing more folks through his doors. Uh, So that's confusing to me. I'm not exactly sure how that benefits a guy like him who is, you know, the the $10 billion giant. Wow. I, 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 I suspect he may have thought of that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure he has. <laughs> I've heard rumors that you know, I've heard rumors that oh, he insists on having 51 percent of Major League Fishing, and that the current ownership of Major League Fishing isn't interested in that. I've heard that he's already turned down the opportunity because he doesn't want to uh, shake things up so much. Uh, we've heard uh, initially I, when I heard this rumor, I thought, well, uh, he can't want more than 30 or 40 guys, right? Because that's kind of the the MLF 
business plan and format. They give a nice uh, media spotlight to, to that many guys. But if you get bigger than that, um, how do you make that work? But then I heard from a, what I would consider a reliable source that they're looking at 70 to 80 anglers. Wow. Uh, and that's a much bigger platform. That's a much bigger television presence than what, Major League Fishing currently has with their smaller formats, and it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, just so many unanswered questions right now, guys. And, and you know, uh, the guy sitting right next to you there, Pete, he probably has a lot more answers than I do. <laughs> you think I, I? You think I would? I, don't, I really don't. I'm actually hearing a lot of things, Ken, that I didn't know. So this is this is great. He does have a pretty good poker face, though, Ken. No, we don't not, we, we don't know what he knows. That's but I, I'm I not did sitting down at the table with him. <laughs> I did hear a rumor that Johnny Morris is not making a move unless Eric the intern gets an invitation <laughs> for this tournament trail. Well, I think we all say it about Eric the intern. You know, whatever Eric and Brian say, the rest of the industry is going to follow. <laughs> Big, fact. uh, Big Eric, facts. Eric, do we have any questions coming through right now for Ken or for anything we're talking about? Yeah, we got an interesting one from the Gingerbread Man. And the gingerbread wants to know. Gingerbread man wants to know. Surely we have just as many fans in fishing as golf or NASCAR. What do you think it's going to take to attract the sponsors so we can challenge those sports for at least those same time slots as major of major airtime? Wow, that's a good question. I think there's a couple of things. One is we've got to crack a million. We've got to crack that number. Bassmaster Magazine, which is the number one bass fishing magazine out there in terms of circulation, uh, reaches only about 500, 525,000 members, subscribers. Um, that's way less than a million. Uh, our, the television audiences, whether you're talking Major League Fishing or you're talking the Bassmasters or you're talking FLW, they're not reaching anything like a million. And uh, Pete and I were talking about this uh, on several different dates, but you know, when the Bassmasters television show debuted in, uh, I believe it was November 1984, about 300,000 people watched on uh, TNN back in the day. When the Bassmasters television show ran for its final episode earlier this year, I suspect that about 300,000 people watched. So the audience hasn't really right. grown. Right. Uh, and part of the problem is that, you know, when, when people record the show and watch it later, uh, a lot of the ratings mechanisms don't capture that. Yeah. So the audiences may be a little bit bigger, but they're not really nearly big enough to capture the kind of audience and the dollars that uh, that golf does. Right. Uh, and that's why you guys are still fishing for your own money. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you, how, how do you feel about like major league fishing airing their world championship on, on networks, uh, alternate networks like discovery uh, CBS. I mean, that's that's got a that's kind of exciting. The CBS stuff was very exciting, and, and kudos to Major League Fishing for pulling that off. I haven't seen the numbers as far as what their audience was, and that's obviously what's very critical. But anytime you're on a network that is in so many homes, yeah. that's a good thing. But you got to keep in mind that Bass is on ESPN two or whatever, and that's in a ton of homes too. Maybe right. not as many as it was just a few years ago, yeah. but that's still great distribution. And they're only picking up about three hundred thousand. When ESPN bought Bass, they thought, okay, we're going to take this to a one, which means one million households will be tuning in to watching the Bassmaster Classic, and they they got halfway there and, right. and never were able to pull it off. If you can't increase that number, it doesn't matter whether you're on CBS or NBC or you know any other channel. It's uh, it's all about hitting that number, and until you can hit that number, you can't interest uh, the uh, the General Motors, 
yeah, Coca-Colas and right. companies like that. Yeah, you can get Toyota because Toyota is really interested in showing that their trucks are tough and, and quality products and things like that. But you can't get the Cokes and you can't get some of the pharmaceutical companies. Right. Well, let me tell you right now, Pete, if Coca-Cola, pharmaceutical companies, Holiday and Express, General Motors, any of those, if you're watching right now, Ike Live has 371 people watching right now. So that's pretty impressive. Just in case, uh, call Eric tonight, and we'll we'll get you take care of. <laughs> hey, know. hey, Ken. that might be that might be too many. I yeah, that, that might, might be, be an like over, overestimation. Yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> Ken, let's. Uh, I mean, you've been around the block. Um, you know, you've been with this sport since just about its infancy. Are we still talking about fishing, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can change topics if you like, but let's stick on the fishing topic for now. Um, let's look into the let's have fun let's let's talk about what could happen uh MLF starts this new tournament trail they pull 70 anglers from bass they pull the the how many the top guys from FLW um what what happens to the bassmasters and the FLW organization if that actually gets pulled off obviously it's going to be a major hit to BASS because in the last seven or eight years, I think BASS has kind of put all of their eggs in the tournament basket. They don't really focus on anything anymore except tournaments, whether they be uh, elite series in the Bassmaster Classic or you're talking high school and college. They're all tournaments all the time these days. I think there is so much opportunity for any outlet, whether we're talking FLW, whether we're talking Bass, to kind of get back to the roots that, that have, in many cases, been abandoned. Let's stop teaching an entire world that you have to have a $75,000 bass boat to catch one of these fish. Let's stop telling people that you have to uh, have a $1,000 rod and reel combo just to play the game. So there's plenty of room there for people to get it. And one of the things that I think people are forgetting when they talk about what Major League Fishing might do here and and how devastating this could be to the Bassmaster Elite Series Bass will still have their outlets. You know, Bass is still going to have the Bassmasters television show, which is going to be on ESPN or whatever. Bass is still going to have Bassmaster magazine. They'll still have Bass Times, and they'll still have Bassmaster.com, and those are powerful media outlets. FLW will still have its outlets, which I think are, in terms of the quality of, of what they put out there, is as good as anything anybody does. Um, what Major League Fishing is going to do is it's going to have the stars, and that's obviously a big, big deal. But one thing that hasn't happened in our sport is Major League Fishing hasn't created a star. And if they, ha- if they don't have the ability to create a star, they're going to have to find a way to do that. Otherwise, they're always going to be dependent point. upon mm-hmm. FLW and BASS yeah. to uh, create a farm system for them. Right. And, and right now, Major League Fishing, I don't think, has what I would call um, uh, a, a web presence, a print presence, or anything like that that puts them on the same level as Bass or FLW. Uh, if they can pull this off, if they can create this tournament circuit that has all of the superstars, that all of the people that everybody's interested in, I think what they're going to have to do is still find ways to show who's the very best, why they're the very best, and they're going to have to bring these people into everybody's home and show that they are stars. Right. And that's different than giving everybody a little piece of the exposure pie. It's very different. That's all about putting a guy up on a pedestal after he wins the 2003 Classic and 2006 Angler of the Year. And if they're not going to do that, they're going to flatten out that star power 
that they're they're trying to grab. So I think it's really interesting, but it's hard to say what direction things are going to go until we know more about these rumors. Right now, it's interesting to see Bass react to the rumors, and, and it looks like they're going to be. Uh, well, they are scrambling, obviously, but it looks like they're going to be uh, putting out a release here maybe pretty soon, uh, announcing changes to their schedule next year, which is one of the most demanding and expensive anybody's ever seen. Yeah, right, let, right. Let, let me jump in real quick. And, just as, and again, this is I'm, – I'm talking about these are rumors. This is no fact. I didn't hear from anybody official. But I wanted to, I'll address some of those rumors, Pete, uh, that I heard from the Bass side. I – I heard one of the rumors I heard is that the Western Swing that was already announced, which is the uh, California, California, and up in uh, Washington. The, yep, up on the river, up there in Columbia, Columbia River, are gone, no longer on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, second rumor I heard is that they're offering select guys, and so so not across the board, but they're offering select guys no entry fees. Next year, I got that offer. Yep, you got that offer. <laughs> okay, so this is a true rumor. Uh, so you're talking about fifty grand. That's, Did they also right? say don't show up? <laughs> Sorry, no, Pete. No. Okay. That's a that's a lot of money. And then the third, yeah, and then the third rumor I heard, and that this is actually exciting to me if this rumor is true, is that they talked about creating a true angler advisory board. They've had one for years, but they're talking about creating one. That actually meant something. Um, that has some power. That has power. So, I don't know. You know, I don't know from a legal standpoint what that means, or from a financial standpoint if that means a little bit of revenue share. Or I don't know what that means. But that was another one of the rumors I heard. So these are these are rumors floating out there that mm-hmm. Bass is going to make some changes. You know. Well, it, it would seem that they, you know, in this position, they're going to be, you know, forced to. You know, right. make some changes. I right. think that's what we talked about, right? This competition is good. Uh, it seems like it, it's going to be a good thing for potentially for the anglers. Yeah. Um, now, this is not the first time something like this has happened, Ken. Um, do you, do you, I mean, let's go back into the history of bass. Yeah. What? When is the first time that that uh, you know something like this happened, and and how did the organizations and the anglers react to it? Scott started BASS back in 67 and 68. There were other organizations that kind of saw what he was doing and tried to copy him, including one that was uh, that was headed up by Jerry McInnes. And, and Jerry McInnes uh, and others tried to pull some of Ray Scott's following away and get their own thing going, but they weren't able to. Ray was there first. Ray was their best. Ray was the best salesman this sport's ever seen. And there were some rivals in the 70s, the American Bass Fishermen, uh, the World Bass Association, some others, but those were poorly funded. Uh, they went under. They declared bankruptcy. Some of them uh, had tournaments and then didn't pay anybody. Uh, they, they had huge, huge problems. Of course, uh, Operation Bass started in the 70s. They were the uh, opportunity for guys to fish smaller little one-day tournaments, and that became FLW in 1996. And, of course, Erwin Jacobs and FLW, you know, these other organizations, the guys that we're talking about, they all started not because they wanted to do the anglers a great favor or to correct some injustice, but they saw opportunities to make a profit. Right. And that's where FLW came in. And Erwin Jacobs started regularly offering $100,000 paydays. And he made his uh, FLW championship 
a big payday event, as you guys talked about earlier, 500000 a million if you were a ranger owner and so forth. And that's obviously what, what Major League Fishing, if these rumors are true, is looking to do. They're not looking to to, to be the, the sheriff in town and come in and correct all these ills. They, they see an opportunity to make a buck. And as long as they're making a dollar with it, then then this thing is going to be good. It'll it'll change the power the power balance of power a little bit. But as soon as that opportunity to make a profit changes or disappears, you know, so does the opportunity. Mm, good point. Uh, real quick, Pete, let me remind everybody watching and listening. Uh, if you've got a question or comment for Ken or anything you're hearing on the podcast right now, please hit us up on our IM. You could also hit us up on our social media feeds at Ike Live Show. And if you're a BASS or FLW Pro watching right now, hit us up on the IM. You could use a fake name like Bo Dowden, um, uh, <laughs> Steve Daniels. Uh, I don't know. Just pick one of the old guys, and you could use that name, right? It's all Rick Morris. Rick Morris. Anything. Whatever you want to use. Yep. Eric, what do you got? You got anything coming through real quick? Yeah. Pop one to us? Yeah, here's an interesting one from Steve. A couple guys are trying to come up with solutions about how more viewership could be attained in the sport. And Steve is saying, how about a mega tournament featuring top FLW versus top bass versus top major league fishing guys? More exposure for people who have a hard time following all these anglers on multiple tours. For example, I'd love to see Scott Martin mix it up with top bass anglers, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of like an American League versus National League thing that they do in baseball. I, I what do you like guys think? I, I I like that idea. I I always kind of secretly wanted to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wasn't that Bass Fest? Maybe it was Bass Fest. Yeah, yeah, it might have been Bass Fest. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, we sort of did that. <laughs> now I I Far did cheap. I did hear that at one time uh, Major League Fishing wanted to partner with Bass, and the original concept for the World Championship was to to put the best Bass fishermen against the best MLF fishermen. And that was going to be the world championship. And, uh, you know, room, again, this is all rumor. Rumor has it that it was going to happen and it got to, like, the very end. And at the last minute, Bass said, nah, we're not doing it, and pulled out. So, gotcha. Well, I, I know we, we had Jerry McInnes here in studio, and we asked him, uh, and I'm going to ask you this question too, Ken, is, like, is it better, it, would it be better for the sport to combine and just have one, one. individual yes. One individual tournament trail. Jerry at the time said, you know, he's open to the having that discussion. Yeah. With at the time, FLW was the only one that was that was right. playing. But what do you think, Ken? Is would our sport be better off if we just had one tournament trail? Yeah. Is three, is three too many? I, I, you know, I, that's a really tough question. I, I think the, the problem with combining them obviously is they're not all in the same level playing field. Bass is significantly larger than FLW, and uh, Major League Fishing, they put all their eggs in that television basket. Uh, it, they're, they're different business plans. It's not like they're, they're, it's a rivalry of equals. It's a rivalry of people who all have a different business plan, who all have a different share of the market, who all have a different way of going about things, and that's going to be your problem moving forward. Now, the idea of having the best VASS pros going up against the best Major League Fishing pros, well, pretty much those are the same guys. And so you obviously got an issue there. But you know, it, it's it's a dynamic that you don't... You well, hell, hey now. Hey, I'm dumping that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're going to get Ken back in here in a second. Wow. That was, do you hear that? That was nice. crazy. I thought I had my finger on the trigger there. Wow. That was harsh. 
Well, we're going to get Ken back here in a second, but I, I hear what he's saying. Uh, it's it's an interesting point, and he, he mentioned it earlier, is that I think for the sport and for the anglers in the long run, one league is a good thing. But for the growth of the sport, for reaching people, is it better to have three leagues? It's a good it's a good it's a good comment. It's a good comment. I mean the reason why we asked that question uh when Jerry was here and we asked it again is we've seen it in other sports where um un- until they didn't hit their stride right. until they became one. Right. One group the sp- you're right. One group of heroes to follow. So true. One one set of games on the on the weekend. Yeah. Um. You know, one Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, you know, one NBA championship. Yeah. Until that happened, you know, it seemed like that's when those sports hit their the other sports their rose to the top. Right. 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 So true. I think we've got Ken back. Ken, thanks for hanging in there with us. No, guys, sorry about uh, dropping off there. No, we had a weird lightning bolt hit us. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. That's no good. That's no good. <laughs> we survived it. It's it's no good. Uh, speaking of lightning bolt, and, and Pete, you mentioned this earlier, and Ken, I'm going to ask you it real quick. Does the sport, with all these rumors, and if it happens, does the sport need a lightning bolt right now? Does it need something like this to happen to re-energize it? I think the economy is, is re-energizing the sport in a in a good and significant way. I think that uh, the high school and college things are a nice, small boost. I don't think they're that significant, really. Um, a lightning bolt. I'm not sure we've had a lightning bolt in the last 50 years. I think the last lightning bolt was Ray Scott. Uh, yeah. yeah, the sport could definitely use a lightning bolt, but I don't know where it's coming from, and maybe that's what you have to say about all lightning bolts. You don't see them coming. Um, but I cannot imagine what it might be. Right. I, I don't think I don't think Major League Fishing taking over the competitive aspect of the sport is that lightning bolt that's going to change everything and make everything better and put more money into it. Right. Hmm. Well, MLF has done great things. I mean, they they built a TV show that that people watch. They talk to me about it all the time, Uh, whether we're in our seminars, whether I'm just down at the boat launch. uh, They're talking about the MLF show. Yeah. Um, Bassmaster Live did, you know, is doing amazing things with the live product and, and FLW is doing live uh, a great live product too um, you know so all, all three of these organizations are doing doing some really really great stuff um, they really stepped it up and, and I think MLF is a big part of forcing everybody else to step up their game in that area yeah yeah agreed Eric do you have any more coming through yeah uh, this is a simple question but a powerful one from Mike P Ken predict what the sport looks like in five years ooh <laughs> That's a good one. Yes, it is. Mike P? <laughs> Mike P. Mike P. I think Mike P just won something, Brian. Yes, he did. Mike P, you just won a TH hat. A TH hat and a line cutter ring. There you have it. Mike I, P. I, okay. ha- Mike, Mike the P. Thing, the best thing Mike P is going to get out of this answer is going to be that prize pack. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, if, if everything happens the way we're talking about, then, yeah, I think uh, Major League Fishing is going to cherry-pick some of the top pros, some of the big names out there, but they're not going to be able to get everybody. And they're not going to be able to get some of the bright young stars because that's been one of the challenges Major League Fishing has faced so far is these bright new young stars pop up and, and get a lot of attention, and it happens so fast that Major League Fishing can't take advantage of it right away. So that's going to continue to happen. You're going to continue to see uh, top young pros come out of FLW, like Justin Atkins, 
You're going to see guys come out of out of the elite series or whatever the elite series might look like in a couple of years, but you're going to see this superior television product coming out of Major League Fishing. I think it's going to look very much like what it does now, except the elite series may have lost some of its luster. Major League Fishing may have gained, uh, and I don't know that FLW is going to have changed significantly. But I think that uh, if, if, I, if you were to wake up magically five years from now, you will absolutely recognize what you see. Wow. Well, I, I'd like to make a prediction. I think uh, we are going to exceed over 400 viewers on the uh, <laughs> on the web show That's by, right. Uh, five years from now. That's right. We're going to have 30 more people in five years <laughs> watch this show. That would be great. I hope that happens. Cool. Uh, great can, answer there, It Ken. is a great answer. Ken, I've, I've got something for you. We're talking so much about um, growing the sport, the state of the sport, from the perspective of a full-time professional angler. And and I, I want to change it right here and pose you this question. What, you know, a lot of people watching the show tonight, they, they don't have a bass boat. They don't aspire to be a pro. They Some of them probably don't even give a shit about the professional the circuit. Right? of the professional right. angler. But, but they're listening and watching and they're saying... What can I do? You know, I'm an average dude, right? I'm an average dude. I'm an average chick. What can I do personally to help grow the sport? How would you answer that question for them? I think it's I think it's not any magic answer, guys. But you have to you have to take people fishing. Ray Scott yeah. said it back in 1968. He said, "Kids don't go fishing; they are taken fishing." Yeah. And and you got to take people fishing. And, and no disrespect to the, to the pros who try to take kids fishing and they load them up in their fabulous $85,000 bass boat with $20,000 of electronics on it. That's not really an experience that that kid can replicate yeah. a week later. you got to take kids fishing and make it happen in a way that they can do it on their own or do it with their friends or their parents. And I think we're really missing the boat on that. Uh, there are some fabulous organizations out there that are trying to answer this question. They're a lot smarter than me, Mike. One of them is uh, called Fishing's Future. A guy named Shane Wilson, who is a superior human being, runs that operation out of Texas. He's nationwide. Fishing's Future is, is really leading the way in growing our sport on the basis of uh, creating new anglers. Uh, the Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation is working every day to try to create new anglers, to keep the anglers we have, and to reactivate the anglers that we've lost. And, and you can go to the websites for these entities, and you can find out more there. So for anybody out there who truly wants to, to help grow the sport, there are a lot of people already working at it. There's no need to try to reinvent the wheel. Take some tips from these folks and, and make some stuff happen. Take some ti- tips from the, uh, from the Ike? Foundation. Ike Foundation, absolutely. absolutely. Take the take the pledge. That's right. So go to IkeFoundation.org. Take the pledge. Garen, you know, promise to take a kid fishing. It's never been fishing before. You said it, Ken. You gotta you gotta give them the experience. You gotta get them out there and, and let them try it. You know. So. And, and you guys have done so much, not only through the Ike Foundation but through Bass University. You guys are educating these next generations of anglers. And when I got started in the sport, if, if somebody had told me I needed this big expensive bass boat to go catch one of these fish. I would, have, I would have taken up some other sport, you know. I would have taken up golf or something because it would have been unattainable for me. And I know a little bit about y'all's background. It would have been unattainable, I think, for you as well. So we got to find ways to get these kids fishing in farm ponds or municipal lakes and, and things that they can replicate on their own. 
I couldn't agree more. I've, I've said this uh, a million times when, you know, a lot of times when you take a young kid out in a bass boat, um, they almost feel like they're in jail after a period of time because they're trapped in this boat and they maybe the fish aren't biting that day, which is often if you if you're a fisherman and and they feel they get frustrated easily they get bored easily but when i when i take kids to a farm pond to a park let them walk around the banks let them you know chase frogs turtles look at the wildlife get their feet dirty uh you know wade into the water it's it's an experience and and they remember it they remember it forever uh you know people ask me all the time you know how how should i introduce somebody to fishing and that's it. You know, take them to the bank somewhere. I think it's a it's a much more effective way to expose them to our sport. Yeah, it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the best way, and, and if you can do it, you can make it personal. You know, most people, most anglers in this country, uh, they became anglers before the age of eight years old. Mm. And they were taken by a, a parent or a relative of some kind. For the kids who don't have that opportunity, 99% of them are not going to become anglers. Right. That's key. that's absolute that's key. key. And we see that's it in, we see it in a Bass University. One of the cool yeah. things I love about our Bass University classes is we get parents that uh that are golfers or tennis players. Oh. Uh, they they've never been, <laughs> but their but their son has been or daughter's been exposed to this school sport via YouTube or yeah. uh or television. They see it, they love it, they want to do it. And uh and it's awesome to see these parents um, that they bring the kids to our classes. Yeah, and they do. you know they yeah, sit, they'll, cool. so they'll sit outside and read a book while the kids in class yeah. all day. Yeah, they're committed parents, and it's uh, awesome. It's great to see. Yeah, it's great to see that. Uh, here's I, I was just checking while we were while we were talking. I was checking on our Facebook accounts, of course, and we have one that came through on Facebook. This is more of a comment, Ken. This is not necessarily a question. It's more of a comment for you and for the show. And this one's from Brian's Ghost. And on the, Facebook? On Facebook. Okay. This one's from Brian's Ghost. <laughs> and the comment is, BASS's downfall is that unlike MLF, they didn't hire a hot chick like Shelly Sanders. <laughs> All they have is... Oh, wait, it's not done. All they have is some average-looking guy named Tommy Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that's the answer. I, I think they're onto something there. I never even <laughs> thought about that. Uh, I don't know. There's right. got to be some way we can quantify hotness. <laughs> that's right. And, I think Shelly extrapolate that to ratings. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, she- hey, I was going to say one controversial thing on Ike Live. If you guys will bear. Oh with me. yes, yes please. You know, the 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 YouTubers take a pretty good beating on your show. And by the way, gentlemen, I agree with it. I'm not a fan of the whole. YouTube phenomenon. Everybody with a camera is not an expert, uh, and that's my gripe with it. But I will say one thing on behalf of these, some of these YouTube guys who have big followings. What they've done is they've made fishing accessible. They they hopped out of their vehicle with one rod and one reel, maybe. They went down to the edge of some municipal pond, and they showed people how they were catching fish. Now, today they're hopping out of their Escalade, but <laughs> they've been smart enough to kind of keep that same tone to it. And I think that that they're doing something to grow the sport, even though I don't necessarily always agree with the way they're doing it. I agree, Ken. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. 
I, I, I disagree with us beating on them, though. That's all. Okay. Eric, what do you, what do you, you got, uh, yeah, you got it, one, more, one or two more things for, for Ken before we let him go? What do you got? It, it was just to play off what we were talking about okay. earlier. Uh, Jeffrey said he has a simple solution to get more viewers in the sport, and that's cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> or just neck girls. Neck girls. Yeah, we've been talking about neck, neck girls, girls for like 10 years, Yeah, man. 100%. Yeah, have it's a easy. neck girl. Have her in a bikini. It's perfect. It's the only way to make net and a fish cool. Right. <laughs> Right. Outside of that, you don't use a net. No, because it's corny. Yeah, it is. You would have you, like you thought Ray Scott would have gone for this like 50 years uh, no, ago. No, that sounds like something Ray would have did. Yeah. What, what Ray did was Ray had these young girls who would write the weight totals up on the board. Oh, yes. Like the chalkboard back in the day. Wow. And, and he would find uh, highly qualified candidates to do that. He picked, he hand-picked them. Hand-picked. Through an audition process. They were... I'll just say they were properly attired. <laughs> yes. Another comment. Good for you, right? Another comment just came from Brian's ghost that said, "I wish I was Ray Scott." <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll even wear the stupid hat. Ray is the man. <laughs> Ray is the man. Ray is the man. Uh, I, I'll tell you, it's it's been a it's been an interesting conversation, Pete. I I I I again, I I kind of a lot of people are like frustrated and they're. They're nervous and they're upset and they're angry, just about rumors at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I like it. I, I think it's it's getting people talking about what needs to happen, what what should happen, what we should get rid of, what we should fix, just like we're doing tonight. It's it's instigated talking about the sport and growing the sport. And I like that, man. I like that. I I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. I want we talked about Ray Scott. I'm gonna tell I I know I told Ken this Ray Scott story, but I I sat with Ray Scott and um, he you know we were talking about the anglers and do you, you remember Ken when he made the anglers what year it was when he wanted the anglers all to wear the same jerseys with all the same sponsors on them. I think Ray probably wanted that. Every year he was the owner of Bass. Actually, <laughs> well, well, he told he told me a story about the you know for the classic that year that all the guys were gonna you know have to wear this this jersey with the Bass sponsors on it and like um, the UFC. Yeah, like the UFC right. and uh, like what MLF does yeah. and 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 like FLW Catholic did and does Catholic Church. Yep. And uh, so. <laughs> The, um, I'm an old Alta boy. <laughs> so, so the night before the classic, the fishermen are in an uproar because they're 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 feuding that they're absolutely not going to wear this jersey. Yeah. And they got to meet with Ray. They got to meet with Ray right now. And um and and they did. They met with him. And Ray said at that moment, the anglers could have gotten anything that they wanted. Yeah. And they they. They only asked for their jerseys, so I gave them their jerseys. So, how about that, anglers? Make sure you get what you want out of this process. Good point. Good point. Great story. <laughs> Great story. That's right. That is a good point, I, you know, Pete. I really hope that the anglers can speak with one voice or be at least united enough to to show off whatever clout they have, uh, so they can come out of this as well as possible. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I think that's a that's a great uh, part to 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 let you go, Ken. And we appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the insight. Always awesome. Because every time you're on, I learn new things about the sport, which I'd love. So. Well, hey guys, I love your show. I really appreciate the opportunity to be uh, to be on it, even though you're 
posting a remarkably ugly picture of me. I like to clap the audience. That I really look a lot better than that. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on, Brian DeCarpenter's going to change it. Yeah. As you get off, he's going to change the picture. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Wait, hold on, we got to crop this. Wait, yeah. what are you doing, Brian? Oh, there's a that's definitely a better one. I think that's a better one. Yeah. Ken, how's that? The problem with pictures of me is they look like me, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome. That's Handsome. I, I really do appreciate it, guys. You have a great show. You guys are fabulous. You guys are wonderful for the sport. I'm a fan. I appreciate you. Thank you, Thank Ken. you, Ken. Thanks yeah, for all Ken. you do, and thanks for being on the show tonight, buddy. Ken Duke, care, everybody. See you, Ken. <laughs> Pete, you're the dean of bass fishing. Ken is the duke of bass fishing. <laughs> Ken Duke is the Duke of bass fishing. He is. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, great insight there. Uh, you guys you guys were quiet. I, we're going to take a little break here in a second, but before we go, before I, we go. I do want to hear both of, both of you guys. Uh, Brian, start. Yes. I, what do we, what do you I just about? want to hear your opinion on all the rumors going on. I just, well, I, I just like to hear your, your thought of it. It doesn't affect me. In this, other than it's going to be great for podcasting uh, content. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, ain't nobody putting a dollar in my bank but this show, so it's going to be great for this show, so I love it. Yeah, but wait a minute. Hold on. Th- did you ever think But about- I'm not out there competing, so it, it doesn't affect me in that sense. I think it's interesting. Honestly, though, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. A little shake-up, some change. Yeah. Change is always good. I, we'll see where it all goes. What if MLF approaches you and says, hey, Brian Carpenter, you do yes. such a wonderful job with Ike Live, <laughs> yeah. and they steal you away from this show? I'm, I'm in. And I'm, t- I'm talking about a thir- I'm talking about a hundred thousand dollar a year contract. Oh man! But you got to go all the events and you got to produce a podcast at each event. Would you do it? Yes. Hundred grand a year. Eight events. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. There you go. What if Bass came in and said and they would do it, but they only offered you ten a year? No. Oh. <laughs> All right. No, but seriously, I'm, I'm 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 excited for it. whatever this is that hasn't been hasn't happened yet. I wonder I wonder if they if with all this there's making plays for the talent. You know, is is now Bass going to make a play for Shelly Saunders or you well, know you know and, no, but, but Pete, let, me, let me say this, and that is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting, and we're going to see what happens. Is that there. a rumor? Yeah. MLF wants Zona. I heard. Is that true? I haven't heard anything. But... Mark Zona, are you watching? Can you confirm? That you're wanted by MLF, Mark Zona? I'm sure he's Send us an IM. He's wanted! He's got to be wanted by everybody. But I will say one thing, and and our buddy Bud Cipolletti uh, texted me this. Shout out to Bud. Yeah, shout out to Bud. And it's something that I noticed from the beginning of doing this podcast is there are so many cool uh, personalities in the sport. Yeah. And I don't think they're – the the fan, the viewer, people watching – ever really get a good insight in, into some of that. Right. Meeting guys like, like Marizo, I, I just don't think people really understand how amazing that dude is. Yeah. And guys like Cliff Crochet with the backstory that Cliff has, yeah. and, and 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 there's so many of them. Not all of them. Not all yeah. of them are that fascinating. Right. Some aren't. But Dave Lefevre. He's probably pretty fascinating. <laughs> 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 figure out what the hell makes him tick. <laughs> but I don't think that, that the... Uh, you know, like you watch the Olympics and they and they kill you with those personal st- those backstories of yeah, every yeah, athlete. Yeah. yeah, I think Bass needs a lot more of that. If something is to go to television yeah. to the next level, right. I, I think you need to know a little bit more about these guys. Right. You get it. You get it. I mean, how does how does football start out? 
with their playing card and something about them, what college they went to, and the yeah. announcers, they know stuff about their backstory. Dave Brodzik, University of Canop County College. <laughs> University of 12th grade. University of Bradley's. Uh, speaking of Dave Brodzik, Dave, uh, if you're listening and watching, shout out to you. I know you got a busy week. He's doing a grand opening at Bradley's in Mount Ephraim. So. Indeed. Shout out to Dave. He's reinvested in the Bradley. That's right. So Justin Atkins is ready to go. He's only a half hour late, um, or we're a half hour late. Cool. So he's ready to fly. All right. Well, let's take a lo- let's take a little break. Let's okay. let's uh, let's. Uh, is that cool? Commercial. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in. Hang in there with us, Pete, because we got a, a lot more to talk about. We're going to be talking with Justin Atkins right after the break about his recent BASS win. Uh, down there in the south in Alabama. We're also going to be talking to him about spotted bass. They're a little bit of a different animal, and we're going to get some insight from Justin about spotted bass. Uh, and then a little bit after that, we're going to talk about Iceland and open up an MTB, do a TH yeah, product review. I'd and, like to open up the phone lines at some point, too, tonight. Let's do that. Just let's have up, some weirdos call in. Let's do it. Let's open up the phone lines as soon as Justin gets off. Yep, uh, hang yep. in there with us, man. A lot more of Ike Live when we come back. I got a surprise wait, for wait, you. Wait, you gotta wait, come wait. out. I'm respooling my reels, baby. Oh, hush. Oh. Watch yourself. Whoa, watch yourself. Come on. Keep them close. I got them close. No peeking. Hold my arms so tight. Oh, all right. Ready? One, two, three. Surprise! Oh, yes. Yes! Woo! It's everything yes, everyone. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. 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 fanatic in your life. It's a monthly box filled with some of the most innovative fishing gear on the market, hand-selected by industry professionals. Check out all the different options available at mysterytacklebox.com. Hey everybody, Mike Iaconelli here. I love fishing this time of the year. It's cold, it's winter, it's snowing, but if you want to prevent the buildup of ice, use real snot. Every time I'm fishing this time of the year, I put a couple squirts on all my guides, especially the tip, before I start casting. Try that tip when you're fishing under these cold conditions, and you're going to catch more fish. See you later. There's a special place in our hearts for the tools of the trade. They're what we prep for a good day on the water. They're what we clean after a good day in the field. Flambeau's patented Z-Rust technology protects the gear of today from rust and corrosion. Z-Rust, for the performance of tomorrow. Preserve. Perform. Repeat. You work hard to catch your fish. TH Marine has two products to ensure your fish survive. The Oxygenator injects 100% pure oxygen into your live well. That increases fish survival by 35%. For the perfect combo, add G-Juice live well treatment. It calms fish, stops bleeding, removes ammonia, and replaces slime coat. Get an Oxygenator and G-Juice and keep your fish alive. <laughs> 